Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 346, covering Regeneration and First Flight. Hi, friends. It's another week of Enterprise. We're almost almost at the end of Season 2. We get uh, one more pair and we're done. Wait, so it's only Season 2 and we still are just did a Borg episode and we've done a Ferengi episode and we've done a Romulan episode. Oh, and, and another, which you're about to tell us in, in just a moment, mm-hmm. another another classic TNG-era uh, alien shows up for the first time, for the first, first time. Uh-huh. Uh, every week is just us pinching the bridges of our noses if you need a, if you need a visual on us. Yeah. Just, just uh. Uh, yeah. We, we heard from some people last week when Vishal was on, like uh, a couple of people were like, yeah, finally, someone who isn't ragging on Archer in this show, someone who's who talks about how good the show is. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm glad you like it, but we, we just don't. Mm-hmm. We just don't. I mean, at this point, you can't say we haven't tried. No, I went into Voyager. I mean, we I made a dumb song about it and everything, but really, I went in hoping it was going to be good, mm-hmm. and it mostly wasn't, but I, was, I liked a lot more than I expected to. Yeah. This, this show has... Almost not surprised me in any way. No. I expected the characters to be boring and the stories to be uninspiring, and that is more or less what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a few exceptions, but uh, not oh, much. Yeah, we got Flux. I could not have predicted Trip. No one could predict Trip. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's a force of nature. Trip is a miracle. I, I'm not as taken with him as you a are. A beautiful but, uh... toe-headed miracle. <laughs> but... In the next episode, uh, we, we do get the secret origin of his name, mm-hmm. so so there's that. Uh, but first, we get the secret origin of something else. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Why don't you tell the people, Matt? You want to hear tell about what happened regeneration. Regeneration. All right. So whilst digging the Arctic, Kurt Russell, Keith David, and Wilford Brimley dig up the remains of a crashed Borg ship left over from First Contact. Uh, the movie, not the event. Or the TNG episode. I feel like I've made this joke before. Anyway, they also find some frozen Borg corpses that have been Captain America for about 100 years. And before you can say, don't unleash the ancient evil, the Borg are thawed and assimilating the scientist guys. Instead of going forward and assimilating Earth, the Borg steal a ship and book it for the Delta Quadrant. Starfleet Command is notified, and they in turn contact Archer on the Enterprise because it's close enough to intercept the fleeing ship because of course it is. Enterprise finds a captured Tarlakian freighter, a word I only know because they repeat it 15,000 times in this episode, all borged the hell up, and they bust in to save the day. Unfortunately, they just managed to pull a couple of Borgs onto the ship who infect Flux. Uh, Luckily, his physiology is powerful enough to fight the nanoprobes because there is nothing more powerful than Flux's immune system, not even this plot, until he can whip up a cure. That's a cure for Borg, by the way. Meanwhile, the Enterprise crew does some training and shit and so they can fight the Borg, and eventually they blow them all up. But not before they send a signal to the Delta Quadrant, summoning the rest of the Borg fleet. DePaul remarks that, as it will take 200 years for the fleet to reach the Alpha Quadrant, it really isn't their problem, and nobody writes any of this down. The end. <laughs> well, they could write it down, but they no one ever says the word Borg. No, in there's, fact, I'm, there's, I'm... there's no name to file it under in the Starfleet yeah. files. So I'm surprised that you said Borg so many times because they never they never said that. I know. Give you that idea. It's a mysterious. Also, it's Tarkalian, not Tarlakian. Oh, well, then I guess I didn't nail it. 
damn. <laughs> the only reason I mentioned that is because they, and I had to look this up as well. Uh, they are a race that had been mentioned a bunch of times uh, throughout the other series. Mm. It's one of those, you know, usually in a list of three things, probably. Sure. Well, I'm glad uh, that Enterprise finally blew the lid off that mystery by showing that well, they're yet another race with bumps on their foreheads. Uh, I didn't mind that, but there there wasn't much to them. They were just some guys, mm-hmm. but it's one of the, the, it's one of the more subtle, like, I don't mind mentioning an alien a bunch of times and then we get to see them. Yep. It's like in DS9 when we got to see the Breen, like, okay, cool. Yep. Like, but this Borg thing on the other hand. Yeah. This was, uh, yeah. So this is one of those, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to rag on him too much because he's not here to defend himself. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, this is one of those that Flonk said, that sounds dumb on paper, but it's actually pretty good. What he said was, it's a pretty good sort of horror story, like a, like a action zombie type thing where they're being chased by space monsters. The thing is like, it, first of all, it starts kind of cool. Like I like the whole Arctic expedition thing and then fi- i mean it's very the thing as i mentioned in my see i, my I didn't summary. love that because we started on earth mm-hmm. not in space and we stayed on earth for like 10 minutes yep. i'm like who are these people and why do i care but uh, <laughs> the, okay. the, the actors weren't the best either by the that's way that's the thing if if the characters and actors had been good that would have been different it's not the setting so much as yeah just, i didn't care about the people but i mean <laughs> like this is my good thing. I'm going to get this out of the way quick so we can get into the meat of the episode. <laughs> well, like, there's a lot of bad things. Like the the, I don't like bringing the Borg and Enterprise. I think it's a stupid idea. Um, but if the way you're going to do it is having Borg who are left over from first contact, like whose ship crashed in Antarctica and they're like found there, that's cleverer than anything than anything Enterprise usually gets up to. Well, yeah, I can see someone watching First Contact and saying, "Wait." The Enterprise blew up that ship, but there's probably pieces because mm-hmm. that's how the Borg work. And yeah. they probably crashed somewhere. And all you need, you know, it's like Ultron in the old Marvel comics. Yeah. All you need is one little piece of them and then they can start replicating it. Yeah. So like the, the core concept isn't bad. I mean, other than I don't want to see the Borg on this show because like try something new for God's sake. Well, that but also really we talked about this through Voyager. We kept waiting for them to ruin the Borg, and we were surprised how long it took, but mm-hmm. it did happen. Yep. And eventually, we were done with it. And then only two years after fucking Unimatrix Zero, or three years, not very long after Unimatrix Zero, which mm-hmm. was garbage, they, here are the Borg again. Yep. Like, let's give this another try. You you ruined them. You the Unimatrix Zero was a dumpster. And just leave it in the dumpster. We're done now. Just, like, uh, just... Something new. Do something new. You're like in this whole new setting that we haven't done before. Like there's so and much again, you can do. And that's why I, I wanted to mention the Tarkalians. Not to not to nitpick you, because I don't care about that. Sure. But uh seriously, because there's a whole implied Star Trek world out there that you can flesh out. Mm-hmm. Here's an alien you've mentioned. Why don't we get to know these guys? We don't know anything about them. Yeah. Why don't we get to know the Tholians or the Gorn or the, like, so many alien races that we barely know anything about? I, like, if you're gonna use your prequel to to expand the universe, fucking expand it and yeah. talk about guys we've barely seen. There's gotta be, I've never seen any data on this, but there's gotta be, like, a huge... Like, the ratings on episodes with Borg in them have to just bump the hell up on any Star Trek that happens at this point, right? Like, that's got it. like, like, the well, first you know, contact must have made the most money out of any Star Trek movie or, at the time or something like that. I, I honestly don't. I don't have it in front of me, so I couldn't like, say. Like, I know, I know, I know that they're the most well-known modern Trek villain, right? Like, they're up there with the... Yeah, everyone like, remembers every, Khan and then them. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, that's gotta be it. It's just like, well, we're doing sweeps. Let's bring the Borg back. Why don't you make your own villains, man? Yeah. 
You got so like, much. Like the what they've done with the Andorians has been paying off real well. Like bring the well, Gorn and that in, will bring, come back. Like the Tellarites, something. Yeah, yeah. It's always the same. Like it's always the, the same shit and the same bumpy headed aliens and just knock it off. Yeah. I mean, this is this is what I've been saying about this era of Star Trek, this 20 year period. Well, uh, 15. I don't know. It was from when Next Gen started in 87 until the show went off in 2005. So, yeah, almost 20 years Yeah, of just samey, samey. Like you had moments. You had some good Next Gen. You had some good DS9, sure. occasionally good Voyager. But there's when you got that default standard stock, this is just a, an epi- like it's like they have a like they have a form letter. Mm hmm. Like they have a template in MS Word that's just standard Rick Berman era Star Trek episode and you change the character names and you phone it in. Yep. And that's that's so much of this era of Star Trek. And that's that's why I'm excited about Discovery. That's why I'm excited about the talk of of new people taking over the movies. Mm. Like I want to see someone else's take on this because it all feels so samey yeah. to me. And a Borg episode, they've done so many now that this has a formula too. Mm-hmm. this is. Oh, we ran into the Borg. Oh, we are overpowered by them. Oh, we have come up with some clever way to overpower them. The end. It's so pat. This is my bad thing, by the way. Like, this episode is so small yeah. for what it's about. Like, you're going to bring the Borg in fine. Like, I don't, I guess it was inevitable, but although I'd again say see, doing it in season two just shows how completely bereft of ideas the show is. But if well, you're gonna- but we're, we're, real quick, mm-hmm. we're talking about basically the same idea as we are of this series. Okay. We we didn't think a prequel was warranted, but if you're here, mm-hmm. do something cool. And that's basically what you're saying here. Yeah. But look, if you're going to do it, it needs to be a really big deal. Like the Enterprise should be completely outgunned and unprepared for this. This is should be like doing the Enterprise D's first encounter with them all over again. Like the compl- the crew's never heard of them and they have survived by a friggin miracle. But like yeah. this episode ends with the sh- crew just shooting Borg left and right and blowing their ship up relatively easily. Like I don't want to watch it, but this probably should have been a two-parter, or at least the stakes should have been higher because we know by the end of this that uh, nothing's going to matter. Like it just again, it feels like up oh, the Enterprise crew is doing doing it better than anyone ever has before. Yeah, no, like, okay. oh, it took Picard uh, like two episodes to beat these guys. We nailed them in one. Let's follow the logic of this. This these are Borg who had time traveled from Picard's time, mm-hmm. from from the movie First Contact. So yep. after the series, after the Federation had fought the Borg several times, mm. and traveled back in time for some reason with a talking pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, they 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 went back in time and then they crashed. So these Borg have fought humans a bunch already. They've mm-hmm. already adapted to like technology from two hundred years hence. Mm-hmm. And yet they're having trouble with with the fucking rocks that that Malcolm throws because that's the technology of this era. Yeah. Like, really? Like, I'm, I'm seriously like in Picard's time, you got a full on phaser. And in this time, you got like the uh, the Flintstones, like a slingshot with a bird that carries a rock and drops it on your head or something. You I know? honestly like, thought you were going to say a slingshot that shoots birds. Also that. Well, it shoots birds, but then the birds have pebbles in their mouths, which then drop on the on your phone no no you keep the pebble in the mouth that way that when the beak slams into you it hurts more because there was a pebble in there but also shatters the bird but you know yeah but i mean that you know it's a living Uh uh-huh 
No, you're you're right though. I mean, and that was my big complaint too. There's no stakes. We know the Borg are going to get away mm-hmm. or or get destroyed. That's those are the two things. Either they're going to get away or get destroyed, but they're definitely not going to stick around and continue to be a menace because that never happened. We yep. know that. And we know these guys aren't going to learn anything about them because they don't know anything about them. Yep. Just uh, why? <sighs> what is the point? It's just after the Ferengi episode where they're just they spend the whole thing just walking between the raindrops to try and make it fit like at this point it's just it's more just like okay, so how are you going to get away with it this week? And that's my bad thing. Is and it's not okay. I what I wrote down was disregard for canon. Mm-hmm. It's not because technically it fits. It it all works, but no, well, walking my good, walking like the raindrops is an excellent thing. Well, like like, like I was good, saying in my in my in my summary, the like the thing is the concept's good enough that like I don't care about like like the canon works they at least get they at least gave enough of a shit to sort of make it work yeah they came up with a reason that it would have worked instead of inventing a new borg that would have been here for no, no they like came that, through a portal true. or something like yeah uh-huh. or they came back in time again for some reason good enough yeah but uh they did it with the ferengi like you said mm-hmm. and they did it with the romulans like they fought a romulan ship but uh they never talked to them they never looked at them yep. so we're still safe like that's why that, it, it's, that, it feels like fan service, but not like it feels like the worst parts of fan service without the payoff. Mm-hmm. Like it's I, I'm all for fan service. Yeah. I love it when we saw an Andorian. It's like, hey, those goofy blue antenna guys. Neat. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, then give us that. Don't yeah. don't dance around it. It's like, it's it's monkey's paw fan service. Oh, you like this? Yeah. Fine. But you're not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Also, I never realized that the, I, I wonder now if the tick is an Andorian. I was the blue antenna guy. <laughs> the tick. <laughs> um, you know, we still don't know his origin, so. That's true. Um, my good thing. Yes. Uh, there was a bit where they blew the Borg out an airlock, and I guess that was okay. <laughs> I, I, I was struggling. With Assimilate this. Yeah. No, it's because this show has a like a better handle on their visual effects than previous shows did. Mm. It, it, they've done that trick before, but it looked better. Sure. And honestly, a lot of the stuff in, in the Antarctic looked good, too. Mm-hmm. That being like said, was, uh, the board costumes look like shit. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't as bothered by them as you are, but I definitely noticed the difference. And I I think it's a matter of preference, but uh, it's a valid point. The thing is, like, they're, they're using movie era ones. Now. They're using, like, the first contact costumes now. Yeah. Which I get, like, in theory. Well, should they, make spent, them... they spent money on big expensive ones, and now they have them, so why not use them? Yeah, but, like, the, the, the lighting in the Trek movies is much darker than what you're going to get on a, on a, a TV series. Mm-hmm. So, like... Uh, all you see is like just flat. It looks very action figurey to me. Like the old, you go back to the old like TNG and even the even some of the Voyager Borg stuff, and like it's very it looks very cobbled together and like yeah clunky, which I like. But like this is just like you know here's your Borg costume that you get at the Halloween store. <laughs> But as we were talking about before we started the show, maybe maybe not a name brand Borg costume. No, this would be like space travel cyborg zombie. Yeah. So so you don't get sued. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of walking um, between the raindrops. Yeah. Um the the nanoprobes bugged me. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were messing around with nanoprobes, which was new technology in Voyager where they just started to kind of harness them out of seven and use them in yeah. new ways and already 
like uh, Flox is figuring them out and it's like, oh, so now we have this. Yeah. Even though Flox, we don't have that for 200 years. Yeah, like Flox cures the Borg in like 10 minutes in this episode. Yeah. It like, doesn't make any sense. Okay, and good, again, these so, are 24th right, century Borg. These aren't like the yeah. first time you've met the Borg have met you. They know what they're doing already. Yeah. So write that shit down so that when they uh, come back in uh, uh, TNG, we can uh, deal with them a lot quicker. No. Also, it feels like the show wanted to do a uh, predestination paradox mm-hmm. where it's like the Borg are, are going back to the Delta Quadrant or sending a message to the Delta Quadrant to say, uh, hey, Earth is here. Come get Earth. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, you. OK, Q sent the the Enterprise D to meet the Borg, which is how they met them the first time. And then Voyager went back and said, ah, but uh, uh, Annika Hansen, who would later become seven of nine, her mm-hmm. parents actually met the Borg first. Yep. So, technically... And, I mean, even going further back than that, if you go to the books, the Borg came from humans anyway, so, like... Yeah. Like, just... Stop it. Yeah. Just... Uh. We've been, we talked about this a ton now, because you know, the amount of times the Borg had come back, but you guys have, ru- like, really ruined the mystery of what they are. Yeah. And the thing is, I was really surprised that Voyager, like, had three or four decent ones. Mm-hmm. Before Unimatrix Zero ruined it. But, yeah. But they came up with some new angles at first. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know. Yeah. Also, this all just turned into a zombie story. And I, I know you're, uh, you know, you like horror. You're a horror guy. Yeah. I, uh, it's a harder sell for me. But you got to admit, I'm I'm done with zombies. There's there's just not much there. Like, I oh, mean, look, look a, man. A lurching, scary thing. Th- this is not as, like, let's be real here. This is not a zombie story done well, for one thing. Right. Yeah. Like they did, they added nothing new to it. And the point of Star Trek taking something from another genre is to say, yeah, but mm-hmm. wouldn't it be cooler if it was in space? Yeah. And here? Nor- no. <laughs> Normally that's true, except, you know, for Leprechaun, but. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see Leprechaun in space. I can't really speak to that. I mean, neither did I. So, <laughs> yeah, might be great. Who knows? <laughs> I grew up not being able to watch the Leprechaun movies because that that movie genuinely scared my brother as a kid. Was it because of Mike Myers putting a flashlight under his chin? Oh, God, if only. <laughs> Horrifying. Uh, the, there, there was a cute moment, I will say. One, yes, one in Leprechaun? Moment. Tell me about it. No, 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 no. I mean, I don't know. I didn't see them. There might be many cute. Those might be my favorite movies for all I know, and I just haven't watched them yet. We need to do I a Leprechaun podcast, apparently. <laughs> a Leprechaun? Yep. Luckily, it'll only be five episodes long. The problem is there's already a podcast about leprosy called Leprocast. Ah, crap. Yeah. Uh, no, the, in, in this episode, there was a cute moment where um, Flox is gradually getting, you know, worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And um, Hoshi's, uh, Hoshi walks into to sickbay uh, to, to offer him something, and she's got a uh, phaser. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, what, what, what's that for? She's like, oh. Uh, if you come near me, I'm supposed to shoot you. She's like not tiptoeing around it. These two are, are friends enough now yep. that it's just like, uh, you know what? No, <laughs> yeah, that's Malcolm, why Malcolm told me to shoot you if you do anything. I mean, he does that for everybody, but you know, yeah, like shoot it or worse. Uh-huh. Make sure you shoot it with this laser. I mean, phaser. Where am I? Flaser. Let's just split the difference. Bums. Or the flaser. Or as Vishal said last week, uh, he goes after anything, whether it's a bum or a bomb. <laughs> uh, I like that guy. Uh, there was a bit where the where the Enterprise guys beam over to the to the emborgened ship, mm-hmm. 
and just walk around uh, un, you know, unmolested. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, Picard was like, remember how scary that was? Where like the first time they're like putting their toe in the wall. Can we can we beam over there? Maybe we can. Maybe they won't notice us. Hey, they're not even looking at us. Like that was a cool yeah. discovery. Here it was just like, oh, let's just beam over there. They probably won't look at us. Yeah. This like, is the thing. Like you have a chance to, as they knew it, but you have a chance yeah. to do this over and make them scary again. Like it feels like the episode kept forgetting that these guys haven't seen these things before. You know? Yeah. Everyone, but we, the, the audience first, have. So yeah, everything after the first TNG episode is just like, oh yeah, the Borg. They're scary, but we, you know, we get it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, fucking. I think it was Malcolm made a, a reference to holographic bullets uh-huh. like maybe we could shoot him with hol- oh yeah because you saw first contact uh-huh. shut up man <laughs> holographic bullets. stop it Matt I don't like the show very much no I know <laughs> we're not even halfway through it yet I want to watch Discovery yeah, we're not allowed to yet I like that show <laughs> Yeah, I like it okay. I got some I, there's there's such there's so much to talk about as the yep. thing. Even the things I don't like are new things I don't like. So mm-hmm. it'd be so good for us. Uh, you got anything else about this one before we press forward? Um, let me see here. I did take a lot of notes. Uh Not really. Oh. <laughs> I love uh, the one thing I actually legit love about this episode is that they find uh, they find out about Zephyr Cochran talking about uh, oh yeah in a, uh, in a in a speech I in love, a commencement speech he gave to some college. I love the idea that that dude got completely shit faced drunk and just decided ah these graduating kids from Princeton. They think they know. They don't know shit. I'm going to tell them the secret origin. I saw cyborg men from the moon come back in time. That's great, yeah. Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I and actually, it was a nice bit with Archer. It was like, I, I remembered something about time-traveling cyborgs, and I, I, I stick in my head because it was so weird, and mm-hmm. yeah, here it is. You're right, that was good. <laughs> to Paul goes, uh, Zephyr Cochran was well known for his stories and also being frequently intoxicated. Yep. So no, that's that was that's what he is now. As far as like hints about what the Borg are, that's pretty good. Yeah. No, that's not they needed something and that actually wasn't a bad way in. You're right. If only we could have seen it. The only, the rest of this was stupid. Bring in what's his face in his leather hat. Oh yeah. Yeah, that'll do pig. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, babe's dad. Right. <laughs> Pig father. Yeah. All right. But yeah, I think uh, that's you... it. You want to roll up my quote? Yeah. What do you got? This is the scientist discussing the Borg they found. There's no reason to assume they're hostile. Um, I, I love them. Dis- like, it's lying on the, sl- on the slab, right? And one guy says, yeah. you know, eh. I mean, you have no, you have no you don't know that they could be hostile. And the other guy goes, they look pretty hostile. And I go, they have knives for hands. That guy has a knife eye. There's a knife sticking out of his eye. Shinzon didn't have a knife eye, and he had knife everythings. <laughs> These are the most hostile-looking aliens in the universe. Even the Klingons aren't made of weapons. Jesus. See, my thought was, uh, they don't look friendly. Yeah, because you're Earth guys, and these are not Earth guys, and that's how you judge everything. Mm. Like, I thought the exact opposite. But, I would say when a guy has a, a working drill coming out of his arm, like, you maybe be a little careful. Uh, I disagree. But that's just because Enterprise has ruined me for, like, anyone being remotely open-minded about anything. 
Al, he's made of knives. He's a knife man. Yeah, but maybe knives are, you know, something else on their planet. Maybe he's a chef. Yeah, there you go. A planet of chefs. <laughs> Who knows? Now I want to see a Borg in a chef's hat. Yeah, that's where uh, that's where chef is from, actually. Mm-hmm. Hello there, children. No, 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 not that chef. Oh. Chef on the Enterprise. Oh. Uh, My chef's better. Well, yeah. I mean, he, or at uh, least he was for a while. Yeah. You got an alternate title? Uh, I do, actually. I just scrolled away from it because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> Ice Ice Borgie. All right. I went with Borgman Borgins. It's not bad. Yeah. All right. Moving forward to First Flight, which apparently is a like a top 10 Enterprise episode. <sighs> uh-huh. Enterprise is entering some kind of nebula where they can prove the Vulcans wrong about something. So, you know, Archer's super excited to get started on this one. But then he receives an urgent call from Admiral Dadmiral. A.G. has died. Oh, no, not A.G. Who the fuck is A.G.? <laughs> this show seems to think he's important enough to build a pre-credits cliffhanger around, so he must be pretty important, I guess? Turns out he's one of Archer's old astronaut pals from the olden days of about three years ago. And Archer's so upset about his death that he snaps it to Paul and is just generally a dick to everyone who talks to him. So, just like any day that ends in Y, really. Paul, being the science officer around these parts, invites herself on Archer's shuttle sulk into the nebula and subtly pesters him to talk about what he's so sad about. Because she's been around humans long enough to understand that if you don't ask them what's wrong when they're acting like this, they'll just keep doing it forever. <laughs> <laughs> so Archer spins us up a tale of the olden days, the NX test program where humans were trying to crack the Warp 2 barrier, and the Vulcans, inexplicably, had total power over how, where, and when they did that. The test program was down to two candidates, Archer and this AG dude, who actually ended up getting the gig as a test pilot. Weirdly, Archer doesn't throw an entitled hissy fit about this, probably because AG isn't a Vulcan. AG ignores his orders, breaks all the rules, endangers himself and the entire Warp 2 program because... Starfleet, I guess? Then he convinces Archer to do the same, and together they save the Youth Center. Um, space program which the Vulcans have threatened to shut down, which still makes absolutely no sense to me. Anyway, he was kind of an okay dude that Archer respected, and honestly, it's not the worst thing to hear about someone Archer respects that isn't his dad for five goddamn minutes. Meanwhile, in the present that is the past of the future, Archer does indeed prove the Vulcans wrong about whatever the hell was in that nebula. D dark matter, I think they said, or Nutella? I'm gonna level with you. I think I'd fallen asleep by this point. This one was real fucking boring. It was, and apparently everyone loves it, so I guess we're on the wrong side of history. Ah, uh, well, once again, man, like, we deliver the truth of Star Trek. Yeah. This is terrible, the, uh, and so is Hat Guy. <laughs> we are the NX-01 truthers. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I, it was, I mean, I get that, that the pitch is interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, the one sentence, like, like, okay, go write me this script is interesting, but they didn't make it good enough. Yeah, no, like... Like... Archer had a friend who was, you know, inspirational to him, and here's the early days of the earlier days of the space program. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, like I'm almost, you know, it's that NASA stuff that we like again. You know, like, yeah. like g guys who are like super into being like test pilots and stuff. I mean, really excited about this. God, there's a lot of complaining. Yeah, there is. I I will say. Uh, earlier, Archer and uh, Amanda commented on how Bakula didn't look younger. Like, mm -hmm. younger enough at all. And I agreed with her until I looked in Memory Alpha and, okay, it's only supposed to be three years before. Yeah. That's okay. Um, but uh, 
when they told him he didn't get the gig, he actually didn't throw a hissy fit. I mm-hmm. was waiting for that. Like, but it's mine. My dad's engines. Wah. Yeah. And he actually said, nope, that guy's good. You can use that guy. Anything mm-hmm. I can do to help? And it's like, what happened between then and now to make him such a whiny baby? <laughs> like, he was, he, he knew how to be professional then. And this ties into my bad thing. Mm-hmm. Archer, like, Archer, current Archer, not flashback Archer, does not understand how to be professional at all. Yeah. Like, he got, he got news that his friend died, which sucks. He's sad, of course. Yeah. But he's just so visibly affected by it. Like, for the next five minutes in on the Enterprise, he he snaps at people. He's he just yells like he's such a dick, mm-hmm. and he can't suck it up for five seconds and act like a captain, despite the fact that something happened in his personal life. Yeah, like, seriously. What? And this is Archer in a nutshell. Really, it's he's not professional. He acts like everything he does is from the gut. He wears his like emotions on his sleeve, and uh, it's just like be professional, man. Be be trained diplomat, John Archer. <laughs> yes, trained diplomat. I mean, that's that's what they told us. They said that in the show. Uh-huh. No, it's true. File not found, but... Yeah. No, I just, like... It bugs me, too, because, like, you know, Trip knew this guy, too. And it's like... Yeah. Well, what about his feelings? No, we got the secret origin of when Archer met Trip for the first time. Like, he was an engineer on this on the test program. And, yep. And he was the one willing to, like come in after hours and 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 break the rules and and uh you know uh, he was the one willing to speak up about how the vulcans also suck uh, well i mean there was that we'll get to that in a sec let's bond but, over know, that captain they they were basically going to shut the program down mm. and instead they broke into the hangar and stole the the second shuttle and went for a joyride they, unauthorized they, they, they reenacted the fantastic four's origin yeah and everything worked out just fine and i this is oh it bugs me so much because okay when Kirk did that, the understanding was there's a whole fleet of guys that follows orders, mm-hmm. and this guy's so brave to not follow orders. But every subsequent captain has done this, and it's kind of chipped away at that to the point where Archer does it every fucking week. Yeah, and apparently has done it like just from the beginning, like even before he was a captain with the pull yeah. to get away with it, you know? Like- and it's absolute like we're meant to to idolize this guy that his his dead friend. Like the whole point of a dead friend episode is to go back and show how great the friend was to mm-hmm. inspire our hero. And instead, it's just like, wow. So this guy risked his life and risked the entire fate of the space program on a hunch. Yep. And they both got promoted and it's all fine now. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's. Ugh. They got grounded for six months or something like that. Yeah, Maybe. exactly. Like, ugh, come on. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get to fly for a whole three months after that happened. Oh, no. They really, uh, they really tore us a new one. Okay, explain to me why the Vulcans have any say in the human space program. This makes no sense to me. Like, I get in theory that it's like, well, these guys have done it before, so uh, them overseeing it, it would be good. The only problem yeah, there but they're is, advisors. The, they're, like, helping. They're yeah. not, they, they don't have the authority to stop you. The other, only thing there is that the Vulcans don't actually advise on anything. They're just, like, they just sort of watch, you know? Yeah, but and judge. Yeah. And, like, they're like your parents. You're not doing this good enough. You better try it again. It's really like, weird. And it's really I weird do, that they have, like, this huge say over everything. Like, isn't yeah. the whole thing, like, to not get involved with, like... Well, I thought the whole thing, like, Archer's bitch fit that he throws every time he sees a Vulcan is the Vulcans wouldn't share their technology. And so his dad died because he couldn't figure it out himself and mm. the Vulcans wouldn't help him cheat. Mm-hmm. But, um... Uh, so if that's the case, if they're saying, no, you got to figure it out on your own, then how do they, like, at that point, they should be totally hands off. They should yeah. say, 
you guys figure it out. And if you can't, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. But not if you can't, we're going to shut your space program down. How do they have the right to do that? They're not in charge. Like, are there other Vulcans like throughout space on other planets? Just like, oh, you're not doing it right. Yeah. That's so weird. Apparently, And, and. I mean, we saw a bit of this in the season one finale mm-hmm. where they wanted to bring the Enterprise home. And that makes a little sense because Enterprise is going out there and interfering with all kinds of planets that Vulcan already has. Yeah, it's flying around sticking with. his dick everywhere. Like, yeah, exactly. If They're you're like, doing uh, it wrong, then like, you know, that could be a huge deal. Showing up at a Vulcan temple and, and revealing their spy secrets and messing with the Andorian stuff. And like, that's that's different. That's taking an active role in what's going on. And they have a right to speak up about that. But mm. For the space program to say you're not allowed to do this, fuck you. Yeah, I just I and everyone's like, yep. Well, they're the Vulcans are gonna say no. I mean, they said they they know best, I guess. <sighs> I just the show wants us to hate them so much, and they're not like they just got to make up these reasons that don't make sense to get us I mean, to do this, that. That's been one of my biggest problems with Enterprise since the beginning, and I there's plenty of uh, of uh, audio of me yelling about it. So yeah, yeah, same. It just, it really irritates me. Yeah. And, and um, your bad thing was basically just how boring it all was, right? This is just unending, boring episode. Like, just so much sitting around and complaining and just Archer being unlikable, Robinson being unlikable, Trip being wonderful. And just, <laughs> like... And the plan again. The plan shouldn't have ended with them both almost being captain. Like the trip should have no. ended. The episode should have ended with them getting fired for stealing a ship. Like, yeah. No, the implication was Archer got the Enterprise, and the next one, pre- presumably NXO two that rolls out, mm-hmm. this guy would have gotten. Yeah. Like they both would have been great because he got he got promoted to captain, and he was just waiting for the next ship. But now he's dead. But, yeah. You know they they all would have been fine. Uh, just. Uh. Yeah. I will say this is my good thing. I like the guy who played uh, A.G. Robinson, mm-hmm. um, who is um, Keith Carradine. Yep. And I'm not sure if he's related to the other Carradines. He probably is. I, I didn't. The I vast didn't think Carradine acting empire. Uh, yeah, there's there's John and David, at least. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's the, the others, but um, he um, he he was uh, uh, Molly Salverson's dad in the first season of Fargo. Yep. Great character. Great mm-hmm. show. Great character. And it's one of those times where I've seen him. In a better show, playing a great character, so automatically I'm endeared to him, and he didn't really deserve that because in this he was fine. It was a waste of resources, really. Yeah, but but because I had seen him in something else being great, I kind of already liked him. Mm-hmm. So that that's my good thing. Not a bad guest star. Also, there's um there's a and and this is in any any story about like sort of test pilots. There's a there's a bar they all hang out in because that's mm-hmm. yeah you know, that's real. I mean that makes I actually, sense. I actually used to work around test pilots, and I like they, they those guys love to get drunk. That's yep. the thing. I can. Here's the insider scoop. Military guys like to drink. Wow. B- because it's a stressful job and they want to unwind after work. Eh? Keep it under your hat. All this yeah. and more every week on the Post Atomic Horror. Yeah. But uh, there, there's a bartender there and I don't remember what her name was offhand. It was it was a very Ruby. It's Ruby. That, yeah, I was going to say it was a very stock like the tough old broad who's got the bar. <laughs> Ruby, yeah. Uh, but, um, welcome to the bar, John. No, no, she was, uh, she was, uh, she was young and attractive. Uh-huh. But um, I, I knew, I knew her from someplace, and I looked it up. And uh, you probably haven't seen it yet, but the uh, TV adaptation of Marvel's Runaways. She's um, oh, she's uh, Gert and Molly's mom. Oh so. yeah, I have seen her actually. Yeah, just the first and episode. She's been in a, she's been in a bunch of other stuff too. Sure. But that's I'm currently watching that show week to week, and so I recognized her from that. So 
It's mm. good to see that some of the guest stars in this particular one went on to do better things. Yeah. So that Runaway shows is pretty good, actually. I like the first, uh, the I like the pilot. I haven't watched the rest of it yet. But, it's, uh, it's moving slow, but uh-huh. beyond that, they're not afraid to, like, put in all the crazy comic book shit. Like, I was worried they were going to tone it down. Mm-hmm. And they have Like, it. not put a dinosaur in it? Yeah, correct. There is a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and more. Yeah. Like, everyone's pretty much true to the comics, so... So that's fun. They look good. Like, I will say this, if nothing else, they look real, real good. Like, yeah. Also, everybody like good actors. Yeah. Like all around. Uh, Anyway, let's talk about this show. Uh, I'm watching so many better shows than right now. Uh, Um, I got like six notes on this thing. I got nothing. Um, You you got a good thing. I do got a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, This episode includes the secret origin of Tripp's nickname. Mm hmm. Uh, and it actually makes a lot of sense. It isn't stupid. Yeah. It's, his, uh, his name is Charles uh, Tucker the third. Yep. So the third, tri- First, triple. Second, triple. Yep. Although, as I am, I am also a the third. Mm-hmm. My given name is the third. So I could go by Trip too. And that sounds really dumb to me. But <laughs> Trip makes sense to him. And Trip Algar Watt. <laughs> like, I, as someone who has been the third my whole life, just mm-hmm. thinking that through, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, you know, for Trip, it, I mean, it makes total sense. It makes It's better than uh, my theory, which that was that he tripped over something. Yeah. Or the one time he was tripping balls. Uh-huh. Or, you know. Captain, I'm the... coming over to help you. Whoa! <laughs> I'm going to call you Trip from now on. <laughs> uh, please don't. L- lousy astronauts. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, it's definitely better than uh, all I got left is my bones. Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird one. You guys know that he calls him bones because he's his doctor, right? Yeah. That was old timey. Like he's what people, doctor, the saw bones. like yeah. the saw bones is what they called them. I just yeah. love the idea of like J.J. Abrams just standing around. Just, the fuck did they call him bones for? We got we to gotta fix that. We got to close that loop. Why does he have, is it because he has bones? That's a weird reason to have a nickname. Because they all got bones, right? I mean, this, they're not all weird aliens except him. They all have skeletons in the future, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. I'm J.J. Abrams, and here's a scary box. <laughs> and here's a red dot, because I love red dots. Mm-hmm. And here are some numbers. Uh-huh. Numbers? Oh, yeah. I forgot he was, like, he was barely involved with that show. Really? I thought he, like, had a whole thing about numbers. Like, not just in that show. Well, he might I, I, He might have. I thought you were just referencing Lost specifically. I thought like, like I, I thought that off. was a thing that he liked. Like it could it could very well be. All right. I thought you were just talking about Lost. But, uh, the secret here is I don't know shit about J.J. Abrams. I didn't watch Lost. <laughs> I, I've been hearing about how he and Tarantino are talking about Trek right now, and uh-huh. um, I I enjoy the work of both of those two people tremendously, mm-hmm. and I could not stand to be in a room with both of them for oh my god. Seconds. Imagine just nonstop just ah. Well, two guys who always have to be like the loudest dude in the room, right? Yeah, and and as <laughs> they someone should, they who, should start a podcast, as someone who talks a lot, uh-huh. I can appreciate the irony there. <laughs> but I also know when to shut up and let the other guy talk. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Matt. Oh, uh, I'm kidding. Uh, the jokes uh, may be funny, but the but the emotional damage is real, Al. You know I love you. I'm gonna go cry. <laughs> Stay here and cry. It's good radio. <laughs> You shut up and cry. Yeah. Don't hit me again. <laughs> I mean, I save up the hits because we live like 100 miles away. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll just tally it down. And next time I see you, okay, you built up 17 hits since last time. Oh, man. And still take them. 
Is our podcast like an old wooden ship? <laughs> yes. You have to have, get up on the on the on the on the hull and the hull. What the fuck? I know how boats work. And take your lashes. Yeah, I mean, isn't that what we're doing right now? I guess that's true. Like, isn't Enterprise the cat of four seasons? Really? I can't imagine what sins a man could have committed in one lifetime to res- have to watch all of this show. But yeah, I mean, we did something. Uh huh. We angered someone. I guess. To enter this murder-suicide pact that we're <laughs> a part of. Uh, what else? Uh. Oh, I kind of liked, I don't know if this was intentional or not. Mm. And I, I, yeah, it was mostly boring. But I kind of liked that they made it similar in structure to earlier in the season when T'Pol told the story about her ancestors. Oh, yeah, I could see that kind of. Where this is Archer telling a story about something you know, mm-hmm. relevant to what's going on now. And, and, and they flash back to the, pre- I mean, that's it. It's a very standard, you know, sure. way of telling a story. There's nothing new about it, but it's, it's still, it reminded me of that episode in a good way mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, T'Pol told her story and now Archer's telling his story. Next time we'll have a trip flashback episode. That'd be fine if it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Or a Malcolm just episode want... where he looked at a bum or something. I don't know. I don't care about that. No. <laughs> what's your secret origin? Ah. That's... No, they've, they've repeatedly said that nobody knows much about him because he doesn't really have any interests. Like, there was that whole episode where Hoshi couldn't even figure out what food he liked. Yeah. Because he's boring. Like, it's that's canon that he he's likes boring. pineapple. Yeah, that's the one thing, well, <laughs> that's the one, like, uh, non-objectionable thing we know about him. Yeah. All right, what else? Ugh. Let's see. Smug oh, there was a there was smug. a bit where okay, so what they are doing in that nebula is looking for dark matter, and mm-hmm. um, Trip came up with a like a special torpedo that would ignite and show off the dark matter mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know. It was it was standard techno babbly stuff, but um, they discovered it. Of course they did, and they proved the Vulcans wrong, like I mentioned, because of sure. course they did. But um, it happens, and T'Pol goes and writes a bunch of stuff down because this they've never seen this before, and she wants to get the data. He's like, come look out the window. Have an emotional reaction. Do it. Yeah. And just like, ugh, again with this? Dude, be- she's your science officer here on a science mission. Let her do the science. Be humaner. Yeah, stand here and, and, and look at this pretty lights. And, you will and- stare out and look agah as we stare. Is that a word? I'm agog. Agog. Yes. You will stand and look agah. Yeah, look agah. Look out! Watch out for snakes too. <laughs> Stumlo. Um. The thing about yeah, dark it, matter it, is that it's black, and the thing about space is is that it's black. I thought, and, and I don't know. This might be something I read a million years ago. That's no longer true, or, mm. or was never true. But I thought dark matter was like a thing they made up that no one's proved that it exists, and they made it up because they can't account for what makes up like ninety percent of the universe. So they're just like, uh. Well, we can't say the ether anymore because that sounds stupid yeah. and old timey. Let's call it dark matter now, but we still don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. Like, I just thought dark matter referred to just, you know, space. I th- it's the, and, it's like and the absence still- of anything else is dark matter. But I mean, no, I could be wrong. I don't know shit it, about space. No, because they, they basically, I, and again, I could be all wrong about this. If someone knows about science, please t- tell us. Mm. Tell us in a couple of sentences, though. I don't want to read five paragraphs when we get to the. Yeah, I don't need Neil deGrasse Tyson writing into the show or anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but as I understand it, there were a few calculations they couldn't make work, so they're like, uh, "Dark matter has exactly the missing number of whatever <laughs> that we can't account." Yes, it's all in this dark matter. Done. Okay, let's go to the pub. Cool. Good work, scientists. Yeah. You've done it again. We can't, 
we can't account for this like negative one charge that everything has. So maybe dark matter is charged negative one. Yeah, that's it. Mm. (laughs) Scientists. You guys are the worst. Nah, you're the best. (laughs) Keep sciencing, man. You know what the uh, what the real thing is, is in religion now. Uh, That's where all the answers are. Religion, eh? Tell me more. Please don't tell me more. The Bible is the real good news. <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, I think that's it. You got a right. quote? I do. And it's after after Archer tells to Paul um, that uh, uh, A.G. had to twist his arm to uh, to break the rules. She says this. Don't you believe me? I have no doubt it happened, though I find it difficult to believe you had to be convinced to participate. Which is basically her saying, uh, I have a hard time believing that you weren't just an asshole by default. Uh-huh. Like, really, someone had to, had to, had to convince you. I don't believe that in, for a minute. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like, I like the way they write. Paul. <laughs> uh, what do you got for an alternate title? Uh, the Right Stuff with Boring Guys. Pretty good. I went with Secret Origins. The ends justify the means. Yep. Checks out. Yep. Everyone just gets to do whatever the fuck they want in Starfleet with no repercussions. Mm-hmm. From the beginning. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that's all for this time. We yeah. ran a bit short, but I mean, what are we going to say? How, mu- how much left? How much is there left to say about the Borg, yeah. honestly? Or how boring Jonathan Archer is? Uh-huh. Give, give us something to work with here, please. Mm. Next week is the uh, the final pairing of episodes for season two. So maybe we'll get like an interesting cliffhanger at the end yeah. or something. That's something. And then after that, we are doing our annual, well, now it's semi-annual, but uh, our, our regular crossover with uh, uh, English and Irish Gav. Yep. We will be, uh, we have given them a Christmas themed genre show to watch and they have in turn given us a Christmas themed genre show to watch and we will review and discuss them. Mm-hmm. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then the, uh, the, the, Usual supplemental comes after that, where we answer your mail. So if you want to, if you want to email mm. us for that, you got any questions, comments, whatever, uh, postatomichorror at gmail. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, always appreciate that. Uh, the website postatomichorror.com. There's a link at the top for the store where you can buy shirts now, including yep. our new postato shirt, which uh, at least one person I know has bought. Yep. And, uh, excited to see that out in the wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. Uh, right. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.